Yo, we out here. Hey, yo, 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 back for another one. Um, what's up, everybody? I go by the name of Church. And I go by the name of King Jules. And Finally coming into your purpose, bruh. Welcome to another <laughs> episode of Mogul Talk presented by Table Talk Radio, presented by Anchor FM. Thank you guys for another one. We've been seeing, you know, a little boost in viewership lately. And Definitely. We, we thank y'all. We thank y'all, OD. Blessings we for all of us in this, in this <laughs> Lent, in this time of Lent. We appreciate each and every one of you guys for tuning in. And like my boy Church says, I'm very proud that you actually introduced yourself today on this episode as Church. Um, finally coming into your own. Uh, yes, we've definitely seen an increase in our viewership and we appreciate you guys. Um, you know, giving you that content, giving you that consistency. You know, hell yeah, hell yeah. That business. That pop. That millennial perspective. You know what it is. Um, right off the back, yo, just gotta say it, man. R.I.P. to my guy Nipsey Hustle. R.I.P. Man. Um, not Nipsey, man. Not Nipsey. You know, it's, it, it didn't have to be him. It's it's crazy to see now that he's passed. Like the impact that he had, and um, more realistically, you know, it's like. There's a lot of rappers who've been in the game for a very long time that don't always get their shine, they don't always get their flowers until they at the Grammys and they get all the big accolades mm-hmm, and stuff mm-hmm. like that. And, you know, after seeing everything that has come out about Nipsey and his passing, it's like, yo, this man has such a crazy impact. And we, did, we, didn't, we didn't know his impact was that deep. You know, for hip hop heads, like you and I, you know, we're a little bit more familiar, but for like the world and the impact that we're seeing across the world and people learning about it, you know, their appreciation is really deep, you know? Yeah, and um, the world really just just seeing the beginning of Nipsey, um, really on him pivoting to even more greatness because, um, like, his Victory Lap album, debut album on when he first signed to a major label, because he was independent before. For all those years. Um, For all, got, over he, 10 years. He, he got Grammy nominated. He yeah. got Grammy nominated. And it went to show that right now, um, having that label on his like artist record was gonna shoot him even bigger with his entrepreneurship shit he had the stem research lab being built in crenshaw Mm -hmm. so every um hood kid can become like a doctor or become a physicist become whatever they wanted to he was building the entrepreneurship center where anybody can go and just have access to any type of tool to try and build any type of business that they wanted to Um, yeah he had his own fucking block and you know everybody's been saying this on social media you all know this but um your favorite rapper doesn't do that shit. Yeah. The only other one is probably Jay Z, like, and Jay Z don't even go back to Marcy no more because he most likely can't. Like, he'll get killed like Nipsey. Um, but Nipsey knew the fucked up thing is that it was just a hater, my guy. Like, it was a fucking hater who couldn't, whose ego was so small. Mm-hmm. Ego was so small that um, he had to come and just kill this person because he probably heard everywhere like, yo, my guy Nipsey. Like, yo, he's the best. Yo, Nipsey, he gave me $100. Yo, Nipsey got me a job when I didn't, when I got out of jail after 10 years. Yo, Nipsey mm-hmm. this. And he was like, yo, I'm tired of hearing this Nipsey nigga. I'm but tired, what's crazy know? is that I am pretty sure, and somebody might have to quote me on this, but the nigga was a part of Nipsey's set and that he was a snitch. And he that's knew him. He, yeah. he knew him from his, from his set and he knew that he was a snitch. And he was like, you're not welcome around here. And, and he's like, crazy. come back, come back and show me you don't have papers. You know, it's so, it's crazy to think, you know, that 
you, you like we said in hip hop, you know, you always see that the the person always comes back and they give back to their community. But when Nipsey was doing it was on a totally different level, like from the stem cell research to owning his multiple businesses to giving back to the community, being involved with the schools, um, being involved with the gang community and stuff like that. You know, it's it's, it's deeper than that. It's deeper than rap. You know, yeah, yeah, and yeah. I yeah. feel like this is he set a formula which I pre- I foresee a lot of people following in that his footsteps and doing is that we are not investing enough in our own communities and you see it time and time again with these rappers they blow up they blow up and their hood is good for them for their videos or when they do a need a comeback tour but they're not actively in their communities and not staples in the communities and the craziest thing that i thought in the whole process was just the fact that the lapd was surprised about the fact of his passing. Like, the chief of the LAPD was like, "No, this can't be Nipsey. Like, this is not real." You know, the the, the hip hop community, Crenshaw South Central, has always had a disdain with the LAPD, and now to finally have a moment where the LAPD is honoring hip hop in a way was like, "Wow, this he, is." They, he was supposed to meet with the LAPD the next day to yeah. discuss. You know, having uh, reducing gang violence. Uh, Gary Vanderchuk, entrepreneur extreme, who if you ever check him out on YouTube, he's always giving motivational things. He was in tears um, because he was working with Nipsey to build any type of business to build his hood up. Mm-hmm. Like everybody knew that Nipsey was that shining guy. Everybody knew that Nipsey was the guy that if you needed something, he knew um, who to get that information from to help him out. Like um, it was just a bless. It was just he was just a blessing for everybody and. Um, it goes to show you that, like, sometimes we take a few steps forward and then someone fucks it up to for us to go 100 steps back, man. You know, like, like I said, like, not Nipsey. Like, Martin Nipsey Hustle, man. Like, mm-hmm. R.I.P. R.I.P. That's all I can say. And I didn't even listen to his music like that. I didn't. I um, personally can agree. The only reason I knew about him first was when Jay-Z bought his Crenshaw album. He bought 100 copies for $100 because he was selling... Um, uh, his copies for his album for his mixtape for a hundred dollars mm-hmm. and he sold like 300 of them um for a hundred dollars and that right there is like three th- not three thousand mm-hmm. no he sold three thousand um copies and that's thirty thousand dollars right there like um he, he just made a bag of thirty thousand dollars in a week like mm-hmm. he was always about that hustle shit and it's just sad it's just sad you know i think and i talked about this on my motivational mondays this past weekend it was just Understanding your divine purpose, you know, um, I facts Beautiful. to seeing to seeing how Nipsey went about his life, and it was just a huge inspiration to kind of for us all to kind of tap into our divine purpose. Like he didn't know that his impact would at thirty three years old. You know, the day before he he probably never thought that his impact would reach across the world bigger than you know right. the community of Crenshaw, bigger than. Ethiopia, people, Ethiopia, bigger than the people who knew him from um, his music, but it's like the impact was to have presidents talk about you, have congressmen, have congress people, you know, have regular Joe Schmoes that heard about his work and was like saying, "Yo, this was a good dude. He was this this person." And talk about his character, you know. I've never, I haven't heard one bad comment about him, and That's I think nice. that is a testament to the life that he lived, and it's also a, 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 just a word of encouragement for us to start living in our purpose. You know what I mean? I think we all get so consumed in the way that life is and all the opportunities that are not a guaranteed to us and not afforded to us. And we make a lot of excuses. And it's like, we got to find a way to live in that purpose. You know, he found a way to live in his purpose. Hip hop was his doorway to create the things that he wanted to see in his community. And if we need to find those doorways for us to kind of connect the dots and to kind of open doors to our purpose, I think that is something that needs to be done. Nah, um, it's a fact. Um, truly, I feel like he was... 
like a prophet like just walking um in, in modern time uh and he knew his purpose from a young age like he knew that he had to hustle to make it out he knew he had to hustle to put his people on he knew unfortunately yeah. a lot of us don't know sometimes like it takes people 50 years to find a purpose sometimes like um but as long as you're like working at it day mm -hmm. in day that was his mentality having a marathon mentality it ain't just a sprint mm -hmm. you know we are we're going to be running for a long time and sometimes you have to slow down um sometimes you're gonna have to speed up but we all are running at our own pace yeah um and having that marathon mentality is really what he was just trying to preach that's why his store was called marathon and that, um, it's, i think the his saying the marathon continues is just it's the true it's a true fact even on Grey's anatomy i recently they were talking about like the like life is a carousel you know it keeps going you know mm -hmm. what i mean like no matter what happens no matter what obstacles come your way you still got to keep going and i feel like time and time again we kind of make these excuses and we kind of let life beat the shit out of us and we don't keep going you know what i mean and it's easy for us to kind of sit in that place and just like be really dark about the way that things are happening Facts. in our lives you know um, yeah, you know why? Like, I feel I, I agree with you 100%. I feel like a reason we do that is because even when we're hanging with like a bunch of friends, and she, I feel like every a lot of things that we talk about just in the general day to day things are things from the past. Mm -hmm. Like, we always like, oh, remember that one time we did this? Oh, remember that one time we did this? You know, it's beautiful to have that nostalgic feeling, especially when you're, re you're reuniting with friends. Yeah. But I feel like enough of future talk isn't done. Yeah. Um, we, like, everything's always just, we talk about it. We always remember things. And I think we, since we, a lot of people do that. And I, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm a victim, not victim, but I'm guilty of it myself. Like, I always fucking just, oh, remember this? Remember that? Like, um, oh, remember this good ass song when uh, Knock You Down came out mm -hmm. in 2012? Like, even when, like, I'm trying to talk to girls, like, and I don't know what the fuck to talk about, we just talk about, like, a song because we both had a moment with that song so that's a thing we can agree on but i think if somehow some way we can work into talking about like future things mm -hmm. like long-term things we can begin to have that marathon mentality we, we can be begin to not sulk in the now and the what's happening to me now because we do need to realize mm -hmm. that life does go on and we know this from when lauren passed away yeah. her motto was rest in peace uh life goes on mm -hmm. uh the one thing i know about life is that it goes on um we've been on this and i i think for us we're hitting kind of like that pivotal moment in our lives like for you you know for you saying that like a lot of the conversation is always looking back you know what i mean like we always want that sense of nostalgia mm -hmm. and i think as a child or even as a young adult anywhere between the ages of like 18 to 24 you know you're you're playing on a lot of younger nostalgia because you're afraid to look towards the future you know what i mean it's like when you hit that 25 Mark, you got to look towards the future because that's all that's in front of you. You know, the past is the past. What you did between 18 and 24, that affects where you are now. And that's why people always, when they turn 25, that's when they got to clean it up. They got to clean up their credit. They got to clean up their mistakes that they, they made, you know, try to change their lives, trying to find new career opportunities and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And it's like, now you got to kind of start looking towards the future. But imagine if we had that mentality at 18 and 19, right. you know what I mean? I think there would be a lot more longevity in the way that we do things and more so, I, I would say, um, sense of a community in terms of just building wealth, um, you know, encouraging people, get, educating people and stuff like that. We, we kind of lose that disparity because we're so caught up in the past, you know. I agree. And, that, you know, that starts with just education like yeah. in the public school. Um, we got to modernize our curriculum. 
because so much information exists out there we can't be learning all of it we have to come with more efficient ways to learn things so we can um you know you uh make it like what's the word use that information in the real world mm -hmm. like we do have to modernize so the people in the future those kids um they'll be able to like figure shit out i always think about it as well like um we, we do have to uh worry about like the future mentality as well because when it comes to like shit like you ever you ever feel like uh you're you're smarter than your parents mm -hmm. and so always always like, <laughs> we always feel like we're smarter than our parents and i always think of it like why like and i feel like sometimes i feel like we are yeah like we 100 percent are smarter and i always think of it like maybe it's because you know like if you believe in like reincarnation or some shit is uh they probably reincarnated like 50 times mm -hmm. and they're on their 50th body and we're the next generation so we're like 51 mm -hmm. 51th body so we're definitely like older than them wiser yeah you know if you think about it that way and so the next generation is going to be older than us they're going to be wiser than us and we're going to have to set the platform for them to use their wiseness uh from all the epigenetics that they're they've been uh brought up with to make the world a better place so it's just, uh, I, you know what i'm saying like it's not i mean it's not real i don't know if it's real no I, I think it's real i think it all comes in the context of just we were afforded way more opportunities you know what i mean like i was read. i don't know if i was reading somewhere or i was watching a video but they were talking about oh um dr umar johnson mm. um he was on the breakfast club and he was talking about how the government that that the government tried to break up the black family mm -hmm. and the reason the turning point of breaking up the black family was the death of martin luther king and the death, death of malcolm x because they broke up the black family because a lot of the black families um husbands and wives and children they were funding the civil rights movement they were the ones housing um dr king and malcolm mm -hmm. x and stuff like that they were making it you know go they were donating and all that extra stuff so at the turning point in the 1970s is when you know people on um, well, the government quote unquote decided to start tearing down the black family that's when you saw more incarceration of black people the drug epidemic started to come along 100%. Um, then once they started toward that family system away they kind of started breaking up the systems that kind of helped us to get to those places where we were more established you know you know looking after world war ii more and more people were working factory jobs you know you had the ford factory you had the chevrolet factory people were more system you were a plumber you were an electrician um he was talking about how in the um high school system when you graduated with a diploma you graduated with like a trade a, a trade and I say say in assistance, they do that now, or they kind of take that back system with, the, especially in New York City. Like you can go to a school that specializes in the career that you want. Mm -hmm. So if you want to be go to Midwood, you know you're going for medical sciences, or if you want to go to Sinatra, you know you're going for the arts aviation. or aviation, or you um, um, Queens vocational, transit tech, Queens rotational, those type of schools where you have a designated focus. Fashion Institute, you know the fashion industries, uh, fashion industries, or art and design. So the list goes Talent on. Talent limited. Um, with that being said, um, they kind of took that away from us. And when they take those systems away from us, it's kind of where we lose that grounding. You know what I mean? Like people are not awarded the same opportunity. So our parents, they were all they got were electrician, plumber, car mechanic, you know, um, salesperson or a business um, manager or something like that. Look at all the opportunities that are created for us now. You know what I mean? Think 10 years ago. Can you imagine saying, oh, yeah, I have a career as a social media content manager? Mm -hmm. 
that wasn't a career 10 years ago. That's a career now because it was created. You know what I mean? Facts. More and more things were afforded to us where now you see more people with more stable careers in music industry and arts and finance and stuff like that. So more is afforded with us. So now we do have that understanding. It's like, yes, we are smarter than our parents. Look at the resources that we were got better education more and more kids go to college these days as opposed to when our parents our parents didn't go to they always go to college my parents well my dad went to uh aeronautics the school for aeronautics and my mom went to baruch college i was lucky to grow up with parents who had a a college education but there's some people in our generation who they were the first people in their family to either go to college or at least graduate from college you know what i mean and that's kind of where i see that disparity you know and i say for the the generation that's ahead of us they're going to have way more opportunities because even looking when you know we went back to um sinatra for for the proposal those kids had way more than we had. Facts. You know what I mean? Like, they have more funding. There's more um, focus on connecting with the students. You know what I mean? Um, even Allison as a teacher, you know, she spends a lot of face time with her students and, you know, trying to give them real, real world applications and kind of give them a better age educational experience than we were afforded where they were just like, here's the information, textbooks, or whatever. And imagine our parents where they were just slammed with a textbook and they were like, learn it. Mm-hmm, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? So it's like, of course that's going to happen. And I, I feel like to, for generations to come, we just got to continue educating. And, you know, I was thinking recently about how, like, we need more things in the community, such as, like, financial literacy and, mm-hmm. you know, 100%. job placement and, you know, stuff like that, that we can teach kids at a young age so the next generation is prepared more than we were prepared, you know? Hell yeah. No, financial literacy is, is the biggest thing, you know. Um, I break it into everybody's head, but unfortunately we need a credit score. In this world and you do if if you can somehow i mean and i was a late bloomer to this like um if you can somehow pay your bill from when you're 16 years old 14 years old like your phone bill just one phone bill um from your debit card like that'll prepare you for when you're 21 mm-hmm. um i didn't do that you know i didn't have my first credit card until i was 23 whatever but uh somehow some way unless because or eventually we might become like china where they have this fucking social score, a social credit score a yeah. social credit score where it's gonna be it's probably be even harder like there they where they have like a thousand cameras in in one block tracing you everywhere they catch you smoking weed that'll negate your social score like if they catch you robbing something that'll negate your social score um i do feel like there'll be a time when that'll happen and uh you gotta fucking start that foundation early because um and the fucked up thing is that you could be perfect for so long but it's one thing one little thing goes bad like it could ruin you forever mm-hmm. for years and it and you it'll take you forever that's like the the so the much more unfortunate thing about this country and the, this world like mistakes aren't they're forgiven for some people but for some others like that'll be your reckoning mm-hmm. like no matter what um people who are who are in jails to this day won't be able to get a job don't get a job because they were a felon yeah even though they just sold a dime on the fucking corner like um, and other people who are um, who are making billions on weed, and they're seen as like a mogul. Like yeah, a CEO and, and I, I, I think that system is just so. I think uh, I, I listen to uh, WBGO. Yeah. You know, um, and they, they have the I, what I love about that station is that they have the NPR news um, play talk about what's going on in the world. And they were talking about how Jersey, New Jersey Governor Phil, I don't know what his last name is. Um, but he, they're about to, on the verge of legalizing, and their plan is that they're trying to um, 
exonerate anybody with low level marijuana offenses um, and get them out. You know, it's going to be exhumed from their records, you know, stuff like that. And it's like crazy to think that, like, like I said, 10 years ago, these things that we see as careers now, before now, weren't careers before. So now imagine all the drug dealers who've been in prison since the 80s and 90s where they were all they were doing was selling weed. They got a 25 year sentence, 25 to life for selling weed. And now this is a billion dollar business in multiple states across the country. And now it's coming to my home state and it's like, damn, well, do I get anything back? Do I get reparations? Or y'all just gonna make billions off of the fact that y'all selling weed and I was just trying to do this. I'm trying to be an entrepreneur. I'm trying to sell something. What does that make me a bad person? You know what I mean? And that's just, it's just crazy to think about that. And then that, that's the way that the government does it. That's the way that the world does it. It's like, we find new things, we capitalize it. Anybody who did it before, we just fuck them over, you know? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Nah, it's all, you know, we could fucking beat this till it's bloody in the face of how the system, you know, has worked against us. Um, and even there's people who, uh, even I have brother, friends who are brothers who don't who believe that don't, that don't even exist, mm-hmm. that we aren't systemized against us. But it is. It's true. It's a fact. But it is up to us to like you know persevere as much as we can mm-hmm. and count our blessings. And you know you like we always say this. I always say this. You and I, King Jules and I, like we're in, in blessed positions and that a lot of people are not mm-hmm. in. You know, and we always count our blessings. And we just got to make sure you count your blessings too, um, no matter what it fucking is. Yeah. Um, uh, especially you know we live in America. It sucks. Uh, but we're better off than like eighty percent of other people around the world. world. Yeah. Like, uh, it's great. Like we can get a food, we have a meal. Like we can smoke a blunt later on today. It's like. just, I, I think <laughs> where we and the other places in the world have a sense of gra- a grasp of versus in America is we have a sense of we don't have a sense of gratitude. There's not a lot mm, of people who. Mm-hmm have a sense of gratitude and respect for the little things you know what i mean it's like wow i wake up i have a job most americans complain about the job that they have because they want to find a better job because they want to make more money yeah yeah. it's like take the take a second and take a step back and it's just like you know what i have a job i'm making money let me think back to the times where i didn't have a job and i wasn't making money you know what i have an apartment i have a car i have family and friends you know i little things like i got a computer i got a cell phone like we're always americans find so many ways to complain about everything Mm -hmm. it's because we always want better we see that haves and we want that we want that sense of life and we think we don't have we're the have nots because we don't have that but it's like we don't ever take a second to appreciate the gra- and have gratitude for the fact that what we have right now in that moment you know and we're teaching that kids that system kids feel like they don't have enough that's why kids nowadays they all got iPads at three years old you know? fuck out of here see that's why I can't man like if I would ever have a kid I don't want to be the tablet ki- tablet parent mm-hmm. like I don't I don't think they should have one for man long no, they shouldn't. Like, they, I don't think I don't think kid, my kids should not like have access to screens for like the first five years of their lives. Facts, B. Like, facts. Cell phones, iPads, TV. Like, I know people, parents find that as a way to entertain their kids, but it's actually slowing our kids down and dumbing them down. Like, mm-hmm. a little TV is fine here, but that's just the TV. Like, you can't have the tablet in front of your face. You don't need a cell phone, um, and it's just a way for like parents who don't feel like taking care of them for them to get distracted because they want a, a time to themselves to, to yeah. themselves and i feel that and then may, maybe we're also talking from a place of like we don't have children yeah exactly and so we don't understand that perspective but just still and just understanding like when i want to have kids you know like that's something that i don't want my kids to be like Facts. too heavily relying on facts but even though like the world is going to be transforming by the time we have kids 
the Google, the Apple glasses are gonna be out. Shit's gonna be different, my nigga. Like mm-hmm. streets are gonna be glowing with like floating cars, some shit like that. Like shit's gonna be different. Watch it all be the same. Like nothing happened. <laughs> like um, the Back to the Future, and it's yeah. like 2015. We're gonna have flying cars, and hoverboards, and shit <laughs> like that. Um, but nah, that shit's happening soon. Um, we're gonna be on Mars soon. Like the world's gonna be a, a crazy place. That's why, like. That's all another reason why I'm, like, not too worried. I feel like something's going to happen, bro. Like, something is going to happen where all our worries about, like, where are we going to be, what, like, what we should we be doing aren't going to matter anymore because we're mm-hmm. going to have to... We're gonna have to come together and take care of something else, mm-hmm. whether it be like an alien invasion, a meteor, like a war, the <laughs> race war. Like I feel like something's gonna happen where like some like apocalyptic, like thing. a shift, a mental shift, and it's just gonna transform, bro. And everything that we knew before is gonna disappear. Like mm-hmm. I truly believe that in our lifetime, something like that is gonna happen. I don't know what it is, um, but if you have any ideas, tell me in the comments. <laughs> uh, I don't know if you got any of you guys are prophets because that's to be the only way that you know what's gonna happen unless you work for like the CIA or like you know that like like 2012 like the no film. not even 2012 have you ever seen heard of that movie um, Bushwick with Batista yes as I have bro that shit is terrible <laughs> okay but I was like how would this ever be real and how would it only be confined to Bushwick Brooklyn like they were only taking over Bushwick Ridgewood area I'm just like this doesn't make sense like Koreans wanted to like invade somewhere and they decided they that's the worst part you can't even find parking there like never yeah. never find parking <laughs> I like Ridgewood. I like Ridgewood. And I, I would, I I would like Ridgewood. to live there, but, yo, parking there is fucking awful. No. Awful. Like, it's impossible. I, I have to, like, people always complain, like, about, like, alternate side of street parking. And I'm just be like, I'm blessed to be, like, where I am on my block. Mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm. parking is never too much of a hassle. I always find a good parking spot. Some people be out here Same thing with my, I don't have alternate side parking, like, on no, my... And Queens, and, like, your block is always block is tight. beautiful, like, nah, like, yeah, yeah, it's beautiful, like, the only time it's hard is maybe, like, one o'clock in the morning, but even then, a spot will appear, mm-hmm. like, it's, it's, it's great, it's great, it, um... That's one thing I love about Queens. Queens. Hell yeah. No alternate side, only in certain areas, though. Well, I used to live in Woodside, there was alternate I, side. I would say, like, alternate side is mostly, like... In highly congested areas, yeah. so like Astoria, LIC, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, like Jamaica, closest to the train has alternate sides. Yeah, but once you yeah. go into the more residential neighborhoods, they don't really have alternate yeah. sides. No, they're not cleaning those streets. Yeah, they don't care because you're responsible for cleaning it. Right? <laughs> and if there's a can in front of your in front of your uh, thing, you can get a fucking fine by the fucking if the garbage people or oh, yeah, yeah, you get police, a fine, yeah. if a police officer sees it like um, a flyer like on your lawn, they can consider it like. Uh, littering and they'll find you yeah. fucked up it's crazy man it's fucked up and then like when your sidewall breaks you have to pay for that shit you're responsible um, yeah like it's fucking property not, taxes all that good especially stuff. in New York City yeah I mean uh, let's, New York City been wilding though recently oh, how like so? did you hear about that measles outbreak in Williamsburg oh yeah son I mean oh my god now, the measles know. where did the hell did they get the measles it's, from it's 19 it's 1918 bro right now like it's it's completely ridiculous. Like I don't know how you feel about measles, but I do feel that like in 2019, there's no reason why that we ha- we're having a measles outbreak in Williamsburg. And look, I understand you know anti-vaxxers like um, mentality. Like 
I do believe that there is possi- a possibility of a side effect with any medicine. Uh-huh. Like, even Donald Trump, which I don't agree with him at all, but one time he said that, like, I feel that um, we should have uh, smaller dosages. Like, that's a good argument as well. Like, I understand those arguments, but the vast, vast, vast amount of statistics and scientific evidence that exists is um, vaccines do not cause autism. Everybody we know is it has a vaccine. And the fact that you are putting children's lives at risk um, is just despicable. And uh, another anti-vaxxer argument is that, like I saw recently, like in the 20th century, there actually has been no kill, uh, killings of measles, which is a lie, like a flat out lie. I was doing research where like, if you look in the CCD, um, they fucking write that like in 1918, 1920, there was like thousands of people who died of measles in the 30s thousands of people it wasn't until like the 60s where mm-hmm. a cure was created that pretty much eliminated it like it was a government or i think it was government or somebody who it was made it their goal to remove get rid of measles and it was done so you have to it's it's you have to vaccinate your kids like i i, I feel them when people are arguing like no no it's not good to put the disease in them, but the vast, vast, vast scientific evidence shows otherwise. Mm-hmm. Like, it truly shows otherwise. And so, like, anti-vaxxers, like, just just stop it. Just stop it. You're, you're doing, like, the devil's work. Like, there should not be an outbreak um, in it. And, you know, there's, yeah. there's communities in, in social media that give people echo chambers for this. Mm-hmm. Like, they go to a place on Facebook. Like, there's Facebook groups about this where people are sharing information and parents are like, oh, my God, like, look at this. Like, I should not be giving this to my kids. Like, like I got to find a doctor. Um, I got to find a doctor that will allow me to not uh, vax my, vaccinate my kids. Like, people do that shit. But they'll go to 30 doctors and finally find one who'll be like, okay, I agree with you. I also do believe that, like, the holistic route works as well. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, people say that Nipsey Hussle died because he was doing the Dr. Sebi documentary, you know? Mm-hmm. I, t- I found that a little bit compelling in the beginning, but, you know, later we found out that Eric Holder, mm-hmm. a snitch... Uh, but see, I, I had a conversation with somebody, and they also said that the way that the government does shit, they always find your own people to take you out. Mm-hmm. And they reference how they got black people to take out Malcolm X. Facts. You know what I mean? You know, people think um, Elijah Muhammad uh, took out, took out, out Malcolm, uh, Malcolm X, X. But that, that wasn't true. That was and, the government. And then some people think that uh, uh, Farrakhan took out Malcolm X. I don't know, but um, I don't believe that because... Some Bob- people think Shug Knight took out Tupac. Facts. I mean, facts. I believe something like that. Shit, that ass, son. Fuck. Um, but if that was a case that the government wanted to eliminate Dr. Sebi, why are his books still at Barnes & Nobles? Why can we still find his YouTube videos on YouTube? They can't control intellectual property. Why um, Why are his children still out here advocating for him? Advocating for him? You know, but you like, know there's always those, like, the sense of c- that conspiracy where, like, we know what we know that like it's like beyond us you can't stop yeah it. you yeah. know what i mean and you know it's a it's a coping mechanism as well because um, we need we, at that point when when nipsey we needed answers there was no answer yeah yeah, and yeah that was like the only answer and it's like okay we believe this if we'll know that the government killed him because of dr sebi when nick cannon dies because nick cannon said that yeah, he's gonna finish the movie so if he dies then, then we I'm know that i'm convinced per- yeah um but i do believe that holistic things you know like plants and um doing that type of medicine can help as well with some things i 100 percent feel that way um but when it comes to measles 
When it comes to polio, like you don't want a fucking polio outbreak, uh, smallpox, leprosy, like you gotta get these fuck these dated diseases. We cannot have them anymore. Um, and them anti-vaxxers, they just gotta you know just stop it, man. Just stop it. And I'm not a scientist, so maybe you don't have to take my word, but um, it's like there always be a community of people who believe that. There's people who believe the Holocaust didn't happen, mm-hmm. you know. So. But you're putting children... Like, if you, if you want to put anybody in danger, put yourself in danger. Mm-hmm. But don't... The kids is what's important, yo. These kids should not be having measles outbreaks. That's, that's, that's it. very true. That's, it's about the kids, yo. It's about the kids, man. We got to just take care of the kids. And the parents... And I, I feel like this is perfect that this is happening. But, like, the parents who are choosing not to um, vaccinate their kids, they're getting, what, a $1,000 fine? Yeah, um, if they don't, if they if don't, they, if they choose to not to, because measles is the type of disease measles is, it's going to continue spreading. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's going to continue affecting people. And for there to be two hundred eighty cases in this one neighborhood in the past six months, that's ridiculous. Oh yeah, no, nah, and so that's goes to show you that it is a community, a small community, and you know people are saying it is in the um, the Hasidic Jewish community in Williamsburg, um, but they their rabbis and their hashivas they also believe in vaccinations. Mm-hmm. So it's a small community within their community, community that's ha- um, that's that is talking to each people. Like, it's probably some mom, some dad, like, now nah, you got to look at this research. And they're like, oh, they get convinced. And um, and then everybody else just decides to do it. Mm-hmm. But it turns out it was like, you know, a few, like, you know, um, schools, like, were in specific school, schools, like, classes of 30 people, 25 kids weren't vaccinated. Mm-hmm. You know, so it definitely was select spots. Uh, that allowed that that to happen. Allowed that to happen. Yeah. There was another um, another outbreak recently, like three weeks ago. I don't know if it was in Iowa or it was in California or it was in New Mexico. Some some state that had a measles outbreak as well. And um, they that government um, as well decided to if they don't vaccinate their kids, they will get a thousand dollar fine. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was also in the Hasidic Jewish community in that neighborhood that existed in that community. So. Um, I don't know where people are getting this information from. Uh, they just need to do greater research to find the yeah, truth. Yeah, to find the F- truth. To yeah. find the truth. Um, and I, I, I love that people are skeptical about things. You should always be skeptical. Skeptical, whatever the word is. I don't like people speaking with convi- with so much conviction and not and being afraid to say I don't know. Like I hate that shit. So it's great that people are questioning things that a doctor just telling you like put this in your body mm-hmm. um, because. Um, because blah blah blah. Was I don't know. Uh, because <laughs> damn, I lost my train of thought. It's all good, bro. I lost my train of thought. Um, but I, I like. I also feel like um, people should be skeptical because even in like the black community, um, I was listening to this podcast and uh, this girl from Love and Hip Hop Miami, who used to be my Flavor of Love. Oh, Shay. Shay. She she suffers from what? Um something that she has tumors in her uterus oh wow um and uh that was her love and hip-hop uh storyline because mm-hmm. she wanted to you know bring light to that because it's something that a lot of women suffer from but um and a lot of black women suffer from that as well but if you go to a doctor and you'd be like yo um i have tumors but they're, they're usually benign they're usually not mm-hmm. bad it's just you have bumps mm-hmm. you know and um they'll suggest to get a hysterectomy which will remove your uterus yeah and in there eliminating another black woman to not have kids mm-hmm. and 
you know, people think of it as like a way to stop the black population, you know, like stop, stop growth, stop growth. I mean, to and be honest, we, we know that the government is trying yeah. to do, we know the government has always had a plan to stop the progression of the black community mm-hmm. in any way. You know, we, we, the civil rights era, we made progressions in school, you know, education and stuff like that. They tried to stop the HBCUs. They tried to stop us getting into high schools. They tried to stop, you know, um, what was it they tried to stop? I mean, even they tried after, to stop mad shit after World War Two, when the the soldiers that were pro- were promised the G as part of the GI Bill that they would get a home. Yeah. Uh, for all the white soldiers, they got their homes. The black soldiers didn't. Well, even let's even go back. Look at all the black people that fought in the American Revolution that thought that they were going to be guaranteed freedom mm-hmm. after fighting in the American Revolution, but weren't guaranteed freedom. You know what I mean? It's like, I fought for this country to give you guys this country, and I'm still an enslaved individual. You know what I mean? Facts. That's I, the perfect example. I was know? seeing this other thing in like World War One and World War Two when uh, we were in London, and apparently black soldiers were in a bar, and then the white soldiers from America came and were like, what are y'all doing here? And then the British white soldiers were like, what the fuck are you doing? Like... Even then, like while fighting together, like systemically, people were apart. Like, yeah. Um, and so all that, and so that's why we always go back to it. Like, is a systemic way to stop the advancement of colored people? People, yeah. And that's why we have the NAACP. Shout out to Rachel Dolezal. <laughs> <laughs> oh um, man! But uh, thank you guys. This has been a riveting debate. Another episode. Um, we appreciate you guys for tuning in. Uh, you can keep up with us on social media at Mogul Talk Pod um, on Twitter, Mogul Talk Podcast on Instagram. Um, you can keep up with me. I am King Jules, and you can fi- keep up with Church. Ha 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 You can follow me. I know Church in the City um, on Instagram. I'm gonna change my Twitter soon. You said that two episodes ago. No worry, I'm gonna change it. It's marinara sauce right now, but I'm gonna change it to. I'm gonna keep both, but I'm, my new shit's gonna be no church. All right, swag, swag. No church in the city. Um, like we always say every episode, if you guys want to hear some specific topics or anything, um, just let us know. We are now available on the Anchor um, FM app. Um, we're available on the Roundtable website. Um, Apple Podcasts and we might be throwing up um, some of the old episodes on SoundCloud because some of you have been asking for it um, you can also if you want to if you download the Anchor.fm app you can ask us questions um, record voice notes or send in some questions text it to us via the Anchor.fm app and we'll answer them next episode alright thank you guys we appreciate you this has been another episode of Mogul Talk I'm P- out peace <laughs>